I kind of, I'm not going to moan, because when it's cold, I'll moan about that. So, I'm not, I'm not going to tempt fate like that, but it's been too hot. See, do you have air conditioning? Oh, yeah. See, we don't have anything like that. Oh, that sucks. That's, that's the difference. That's why we struggle with weather, that in the way that not just you guys, but just any other country that has weather doesn't seem to struggle. We struggle. Because we're not prepared for any of it. It's fine if it, if we had aircon in here, but we don't because we never expect it to get hot. So no one ever has air conditioning in their house. This, it's just unheard of. I've never been in a house in this country with air conditioning. Uh, that is insane. Well, we just never expect it to be warm enough. And if it ever is, it's like three days out of the year. So it's ne- it's never worth putting it in. We'd like to keep it at a nice, uh, man, I'm going to have to convert all this again, uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's uh, 20 degrees Celsius. That's what we keep it in the house all the time. That's just about perfect. See, we have we have central heating, which now I've said that out loud sounds like a, an essentially British thing. But you, you must have, like, radiators and stuff. Uh, well, no, not really. I mean, heating ducts, sure. Right. No, we don't have that. We just have radiators. That's it. We have plenty of ways to heat a house, but not that many ways of cooling it down. You know what you're doing is you're reaffirming all the stereotypes about Britain existing in the 1960s. <laughs> because that's that's what it sounds like. like. Oh, no, we don't have air conditioning. Well, we have we... the central heat from the radiator. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we have. That Honestly, that's what we have. You might get air con in offices. But then they obviously won't have radiators in offices. It, it's just that weird, humid <laughs> 21 degrees all year round and everyone gets flu off everyone all the time. See, these are the benefits of us having such an impermanent society here in the U.S. where we're just willing to tear down buildings and put up new ones to replace them. That's true. Is that, uh, you know, when, when a new technology comes out, everybody just adopts. Just rebuild. Okay. Yeah, we have nothing like that. So, yeah, especially in this house. Mind you, in this house, we don't even have the radiators. We just have the fireplace. That's it. So, yeah, it's like frontier land here. It's honestly, we're barely surviving. I, I, I don't understand this. This is, I think, why I probably want to travel abroad but never will. Because the, the practical day-to-day details of have, you know, having less commodity, <laughs> I just wouldn't be able to stand it. Come I, over, I, it's fine. Honestly, we're not we're not struggling here. <laughs> we're not. It's, it's all right. We did. I'd we ran. And I'd look around and I'd say in my big American voice, "So, uh, so where's all your stuff?" <laughs> That's pretty much what it's like here. Why what do you, you mean you don't have seventeen flavors of Pepsi? <laughs> Mind you, I've been to Florida. There's nothing there for miles and miles. That was something else that hit me about Florida was that you couldn't walk anywhere. You didn't have, it, it, it was certainly around the Orlando Disney World area, which is pretty much my knowledge of Florida. But it was, you know, everything's so far away from everything else. And everything's like a strip mall. And it, it's oh, kind of I see like, what you mean. I, I thought that you meant that it was all empty wilderness. I was going to say no, it, it, especially around the Disney area. Well, it's no, like that's, that's and miles and miles of slums. Yeah, it's, it's an Everglades. That's that's the other difference. There's nowhere here where if you wander off, something might eat you. 
There's there's nowhere like that here. There's nowhere in this country where if you get lost, you might die. Whereas you have plenty of places like that to deal oh, yeah. with. Well, most places, well, I don't know if that's true. Lots of places in Florida, if you uh, go to sleep at night, you could very well wake up in the morning with an alligator in your front porch or your retaining pool outside. Or It must be very nice there, other than that. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't stay, would you? I suppose, if, you if I built a house and there was an alligator in it the next day, I'd probably move out. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be having that. I think I I like that alligators are not something I have to think about day to day at all. I I think that's how it should be. Ask Carlos. He's talking all about it. We have boas in the swamp now. You (laughs) see, you see, that's just, wow. No, nothing. We, we, you can't die here. The only way you can get die, die in this country is if a teenager stabs you. That's, that's pretty much it. Which seems like it's becoming an increasing threat. It's in the news more, but as you, you yourself will know, just because something's in the news more doesn't mean it's happening more or at all. So, just seems to have worked its way into the cycle. Eh? It's a good sort of Daily Mail sort of story. Teenagers are going to stab us all. They're lower class teenagers, you know. They're they're from council estates, and everyone. Oh no, yeah, and they're not really all armed. They're probably no more dangerous than you and I were when we were 17. Uh, I was pretty freaking... Uh, were you a bit crazy? Harmless. Oh, harmless. No, yeah. absolutely harmless. Yeah, they're all probably quite harmless. I mean, there's probably areas of like cities you don't go into where a teenager might stab you, but I imagine that's the same in New York and LA and Paris and Moscow. I'm just naming cities now. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it doesn't happen. But, there, yeah, there's nothing that can bite you and poison you or eat you or anything like that. Barclay's the closest thing to that around here. No wolves left in the English countryside? God, no. We do That's... think there might be a few lions. Lions. We've talked about this before. Yeah. We, there are lions and other big cats, allegedly. I've never seen one. You're not talking about African lions. You're talking about mountain lions. No. Like, big, like, giant lions. Like, exactly like you're thinking when I say lion. Like the Lion King. Big jump on you and eat your big mane proper lion. That's that's what there are. Like um, escape from a circus? <laughs> no. This, this was a thing in, like, the 60s. When people thought it was cool to have these things as pets, right? And there's lots of stuff. We're talking sort of your quintessential British 60s, swinging 60s, Austin Powers-esque Beatles time, that bit of history. And at that point, it was cool, it was whatever it was, to have some sort of big cat, lion, leopard, whatever OS ten operating system you care to mention, as a pet. And, of course, that doesn't lend itself to reality very well. It does if you've just taken a shit ton of acid, but when you later, not a good idea, because there's a lion in your house. And so people just let them go. Like, took them out to woods and let them go. And they didn't all just die. And so it's there are probably quite a lot in various wooded areas. I do feel the need to address Kip in the chat room. 
uh, Kip, mountain lions are not lions. No. Mountain lions are puma concolores, and lions are pantera leos. They're entirely different things. You just come at us with some Latin. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, I mean, I've got Wikipedia in front of me, as I always do. All right. Also, I keep on hitting this damn desk. Right. Comes in handy, that. That's twice tonight I've seen somebody feign intelligence with Wikipedia sneakily. Oh, I, yeah. Alison did it. We, we, had, we went to, like, a Turkish takeaway place tonight, and we went to collect it. Alison went in, and she managed to say thank you and goodbye to the guy in Turkish. And he gave, gave her a free garlic bread with cheese. Like, so happy. Someone has just spoken to him in Turkish, but in the middle of Keithley. And then she confesses to me afterwards. She's just looked up, thank you and goodbye, in Turkish, on a phone, as she's waiting for him to finish with a change. Now, what did you have at this restaurant? What did you eat? I had a mixed kebab, which was sort of a chicken, lamb, pork, doner meat, in a piss of bread. And I had chips, because I always have chips. Uh, Alison had a, another, a large selection of things. I can't pronounce the name of anything there. But I did see, I, uh, I did see I, I two I walked like, up the street for lunch today and had a shawarma. That was what I was going to say. They did have shawarma. Yeah. But I, I missed that before we ordered, so it was too late. I will try some. I, I would love to see worldwide sales on shawarma. Oh, they have gone up. There was a news story about it. They skyrocketed, but that's not why I got it. It's just because it was Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday, Schwama Day. Well, Tuesday is Aladdin's Day, so you go up to the corner, and I think it... I don't remember how it started. It's just everybody goes there on Tuesday. Now, you have takeaway places that I assume stick lots of unwanted menus through your, your, your door. Not, not really. They're pretty inoffensive. Do you, they, they don't really go after you like that. There's, there's a lot of um, laws around here about what you can stick in people's doors and all that. We should probably have something similar, not that I think it would stop them. What I'm curious about, do you ever see any that are obviously a, a massive violation of, of copyright? Uh, Chinese restaurants. They right. do that a lot. Yeah. Because we see a lot that are like covered in Disney characters and Tom and Jerry and things like that. Oh, like that? No, not really. I mean, I, I see um, Chinese restaurants using the same copy over and over and over again. All right. Um, but as far as like trademarked characters, no. No, I don't see that. Yeah, because I used to live near one that was called Aladdin's. That's what reminded me when you said that. And they had a menu with Disney Aladdin on the front of it. And oh, you wow. just look at it thinking, I would rather be caught for armed robbery than violating the Disney Corporation copyright on a printed item. I, I think honestly, corporations in the U.S. are really a lot more likely to come after you if you're a business who's stealing their copyright. Absolutely. I wouldn't dare. And they all over. And then you pick up another one, and there's Tom and Jerry on the front cover. You think, fucking hell, guys. You just, We're not recording this, right? I, I always, as usual. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Forget it. I was going to say something, but I won't say something. Okay. That's probably better. Yeah. I was going to tell you something about copyright that we did accidentally at work one time. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Yeah. Did you, did you see what the BBC did this week? No. This was brilliant. They were doing a story on Syria on BBC News, and they were talking about the uh, United Nations Security Council. Unfortunately, when they put the graphic together that was in the background of the news 
report. They'd obviously just done a, a Google image search for UNSC. And what they'd actually come up with was the logo for the United Nations Space Command from the video game Halo. <laughs> and they stuck that there on the news report next to the Syrian flag. I think when companies here tend to run into those problems is when you have graphic designers who use placeholder graphics and then accidentally forget to replace certain por- par- par- portions of them. Yeah, I can see that happening. I'm actually, do you know what? If you drive around Keithley, I, there are sort of four or five different businesses that all use as their company logo the default uh, logo example from Microsoft Publisher. Oh, jeez. You, you might, if you've ever used the program, you might know it's that little pyramid one with, like, you know, sort of mm-hmm. chunks out of it on one side. There are yeah. like four different companies in town that use that on their sign outside the shop. See, I wouldn't be sure about that because if it is. If it is a default logo that Microsoft provides, surely there's some I th- I think, Creative Commons thing? Or? Yeah, I think Microsoft used that on the grounds that you can just use it because who in their right mind would have their company logo be the default example of a logo from Microsoft Publisher? Yeah. But I, I could show them five examples of people who are cool with that. Blows my mind. Should we do a show? We should. I was just looking at the clock here. We're uh, we're fifteen minutes in. Yeah, we're burning daylight here. Let's let's do this. Yep. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna jump in. We're, we are we are doing commercials, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm Jason, and he's Rich, and this is Remastered, the show where we blather on about how things used to be, dadgummit, and also about things uh, you know that we just think about when we're bored. And tonight we're talking about commercials or advertisements, as Rich would say. Uh, adverts. 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 I, I do love how you stress the syllable the wrong way. We we do differ on that, don't we? Quite a lot. I think that's the one of the biggest differences in our, our shared language. Is we where hit the ties. We, yeah, as a, it's adverts. That's what we say. The adverts are on. It's an ad break. Advertisement. Would that you might see that sort of in a news setting, that that word, but you wouldn't say it in conversation, really. Uh, most of the time, it's just ads here. Did you see that ad? Yeah, we commercial get... is a little bit too uh, a little bit too stuck upish. That's it's spreading over here the ad thing, and especially now that you, you're getting a lot of new phrases that incorporate the ad bit, like uh, they've all gone from my head now. Like the ad financed apps and that sort right. of thing. And the the shortening of everything, which began with apps, because application is just too damn hard. So they're apps, and now everything is apps, and yeah, everything's getting shorter. I do want to start off tonight with a quick test, just to see where we are. Okay. So I'm going to throw out some things here. Let's see how well you've been brainwashed one way or the other. Uh, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Nike or Adidas? Nike. You say Nike, really? You know, but I'm not sure it's right. I wow. I think it's one of those where we all say Nike, but it actually is Nike. Tylenol or aspirin? What's Tylenol? Ah, uh, okay. That's I I know it's a painkiller, but we don't. You can't buy it here. It, it it is basically aspirin, but with enough chemical difference so that it avoids some of the problems of aspirin, like uh, some of the the extended liver damage that can happen. All right. If you use too much. Uh, also not quite as good for your heart in a pinch. Right. 
Uh, I already know the answer to this one. Apple or Microsoft? Apple. Center. Yeah. P- Pizza Hut or Domino's? Ooh. See, I wasn't even sure when I was writing this down whether you had both. We have both. We very definitely have both. And I have only recently gotten into a bit of a quandary over that one myself. Uh, because Domino's tends to be... They, they have in the past tended to be more expensive. I mean, just really dominoes. Yeah. Just to give you some idea of how it works. There's a lot of takeaways and a lot of them will be sort of family run by Asian people or Chinese people or whatever. And they all have pretty much the same selection of stuff. It's quite depressing and they'll do you a pizza. You maybe get a pizza of sort of five, six pounds, depending on what you get and how big it is. The dominoes and pizza hut, they sort of branch out into the, I might end up paying 15 pounds for a pizza. Pizza Hut here is definitely much more expensive than Domino's. You know, I was looking up some quick numbers. Pizza Hut by far in the U.S. has the most stores of, of any pizza chain. Uh, to, about twice as many of Dom, as Domino's does, even though Domino's is number two in that ranking. But I don't know anyone who wouldn't swing for Pizza Hut over Domino's, especially lately. Domino's has just had so much bad publicity. Uh, as Not like, hey, I found a finger in my pizza kind of thing. But... Um, it just seems like their product quality has gone way, way down. I've I've been enjoying them. We've had a couple from there, and I've I've quite liked them. We we do, we only go for them very rarely because they are so expensive, and you will generally get a two for one deal or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I've been edging towards Domino's. Pizza Hut's a classic, though. I wouldn't ever like to see it go away. And I assume your your setup is the same as ours. That you'll get a Pizza Hut restaurant that you can go in and sit down, but there's not a Domino's like that. More or less. I mean, there's a couple of dominoes that I could pick out if I really had to, where you could go in and there may be one or two tables. But generally, yeah, Pizza Hut is the dine-in one and Domino's is the carry-out or delivery one. Yeah. So at the moment, today, Domino's. But the other week when Pizza Hut were doing the hot dog stuff crust, then Pizza Hut. I just want to go on the record as saying that I would prefer almost any little tiny home-owned pizza joint over either of those. Yeah. Oh, oh, I would, but not only for cheapness. You don't, you tend not to get, our food is horrible, Jason. Honestly. <laughs> You're enforcing stereotypes, Rich. No, it really is. This is a true thing. The food is all horrible. It, it really, really is. When you, when you pick, especially take out food, Especially takeout food. It, this it, is so hard to believe because you're right there. You're next to everything that is good as far as culinary arts go. You're just a stone's throw from Greece and Italy and France and yeah. everywhere where there is good food to be had. As is horrible. It's all horrible. It's so. It's just garbage. Um, it's especially takeout food. You don't get. Places that specialize in a food. There's not a pizza place that makes incredible pizza. There's just lots of takeaways and they all do the same thing. I know that when I pick up any takeaway menu from any takeaway, it will have pizzas on and the same choices of pizzas and burgers, maybe, maybe fried chicken. It will have garlic bread and you might get some places that do like curry or something like that. I do like want to that. point out. Just real quick for any confused Americans, the first time that I heard you and Allison talking together about takeaways, it took me a good 20 minutes to figure out that you meant a carry-out place. Right. Yeah, that's what we mean. Because you yeah. take away. It's, <laughs> it's quite straightforward. 
<laughs> but they they are generally generally all horrible. So so McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King. But really? I much prefer my my favorite burger from a a chain place is sort of the the ba- the Burger King bacon double cheeseburger XL cuz it's enormous and it doesn't come with salad and crap on by default. Oh, See, and- I, I would personally say Burger King too, but I think most of America would probably lean toward McDonald's just based on the number of franchises that there are and the, the annual incomes that they have. Burger King here for the last couple of years has really been struggling, and they just went through a whole big menu shift where they're trying to rebrand themselves so they're more of a family place. Um, but I, I was asking Lisa a little bit earlier which of these she preferred, and you know, before I could even get Berg out of my mouth, it was oh McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. She was jumping down my throat about it. See, I, th- I like the charred flavor of Burger King myself. Yeah, that's what I like. Um, but to be honest, if I wanted to have a Burger King burger, I'd have to drive for an hour. <laughs> if I wanted a Burger King burger, I'd have to drive for six minutes. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, and I and I would drive past four or five McDonald's on the way to that Burger King mm-hmm. as well. So that's that's what does it really. There is a McDonald's, and they have the contactless payment system. So I just wave my card at them, and it pays. And it's awesome. Visa or Mastercard, Rich? I think I have all Visa cards. Oh, I've got it the other way, Master. I don't have credit uh, cards though. No, just debit. Yeah. That oh, uh, I my need... handy bank card works as both. I that, love that thing. That's what I wanted to ask you. What is this when someone you give someone your card and they say cash or charge? What the hell is that? If you give someone your card and they say cash or charge, your, your bank card. The... I'm thinking that they mean debit or credit, which debit would come out of your checking account that the the card is linked to, and credit would run up a credit bill. So you have the one card linked to basically two different accounts. Well. Kind of. Uh, for my my fifth third bank card, for example, which great card, uh, I can use it to pull directly from my checking account, or kind of with the same account, I can have fifth third charge it to my account, and it will come on a next monthly billing. All right, that sounds good. We have nothing so like not, that here. Yeah, it's not like I'm running up credit. They're just it's defraying the cost of when it actually runs. I think. But right. I don't I, have to really worry about it since just always pull from my checking i see it's just one of those little americanisms that we hear on things occasionally and everyone goes i don't know what that means it could also mean if they're asking if you want cash back to pay for something because if you run a plastic card you can usually ask for the cash equivalent in your hand yeah we have that too in various different places so small shops co-op spa shops the equivalent of sort of like a 7-eleven yeah maybe a bit bigger than a 7-eleven I don't know. Uh, Sony or Samsung? Samsung. See, I expected you to go to uh, Sony. I only have one Sony item in this house, and I'm looking at three, two Samsung items right now. I've got a CD-ROM, a DVD player, and a phone in front of me. Much prefer Samsung stuff, although this is something that's just crept up over the last couple of years. So I was really thinking about all this this week, uh, jotting down some notes here about the science of product addiction. And yeah. I was trying to figure out why there is this reason that like uh, Heinz and Starbucks and Toyota and Ego, Cisco, Google, Harley, Nintendo, why they all have the loyalty 
that they have. Because, I mean, you think about it, in a perfect world, you just buy the thing that has the best value for the buck. And you wouldn't care about who made it or where it came from. You'd just be like, well, this is more pop for the dollar. Yeah. I. But I, I guess that only works if all things are equal, and all things aren't equal. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, this is something I've I've read a fair bit about because it interests me a great deal. Um, and I've I've always read sort of business books, psychology books, uh, based around sort of the the human instinct of buying things and selling things and all that stuff. And it, there's a variety of reasons and and ways you create brand loyalty. It, it's it's a very difficult thing to do. And it involves all sorts of processes, but it, it as as you say with those particular brands, it can be done very well and very well, effectively. It has been done very well. Yeah, um, there was a time in the U.S. where fast food companies could run pretty much any kind of commercial that they wanted all Saturday morning, and I, I think for most of my cartoon upbringing, uh, McDonald's was just super saturating the airwaves. They did such a good job. McDonald's and Coke of winning hearts and minds of three to 12 year olds with that Saturday morning cartoon, uh, a sponsorship. You see we don't have, I actually, I say we don't have that much of that. I think there might actually be laws against advertising fast food to kids now. I'm pretty sure that there um, are both there and more here than it used to be, but not 100%. Yeah. Um, I suppose this is something I'd know more if I either was a kid or had one, but, it's. I don't think. I don't think they quite have that ability to get into kids with with sugary things anymore, and fatty things. Uh, for for me with Coke, it's just because I believe it is a superior product. I I, pref- I, I do not. I I prefer it to to the taste of Pepsi. But I'm also aware that there are a number of other psychological factors acting on me. <laughs> I, very much so. Like what? Like advertising. A great deal of advertising. And Coke are a company that do this perfectly. Coke just, they, well, they've had a long time to perfect this, and they've probably spent more money than we could conceive of on marketing over the years. But Coke in particular sticks out to one of those companies to me that has done a really good job in their ads of equating their product with love. They're they're a lifestyle brand, without a doubt. Yeah, you get those uh, fucking Coca Cola polar bear commercials at Christmas time. Mm. Yeah, it's we all do. About, oh, isn't this all nostalgic? And Coke is love. You share Coke with the people that you love. It's true. That's, that's insidious, almost. It's it's one of the what is it? I think it was Andy Warhol that that said that. I hate quoting people and saying who I think it was because I'm never sure. And I know someone's going to correct me or I'll sound like an idiot. But I'm going with Andy Warhol on this. That he said Coca-Cola is the great leveler of people of all classes and societies. Coca, you, No matter how rich you are, there's no better version of Coca-Cola. There's, or everyone's drinking the same Coke. And that's kind of true. That sort of mentality generally applies to your top-selling, most famous products, I think, 
Yes, it does. What's great about this country is America started the tradition where the richest consumers buy essentially the same things as the poorest. You can be watching TV and see Coca-Cola, and you can know that the president drinks Coke, Liz Taylor drinks Coke, and just think you can drink Coke too. A Coke is a Coke, and no amount of money can get you a better Coke than the one the bum on the corner is drinking. All the Cokes are the same, and all the Cokes are good. Andy Warhol. I was right. You were. That's it. And that, that applies to so many things that are massive. iPhones. I can have the same iPhone that Rihanna is using, or iPad, any Apple product, and Levi jeans, and other things like that. It just goes on and on. And, and these are the great products, the really massive selling things. And Coca-Cola is one of them. They just excel at it. They're, they're so good because what they do is, and this is how you get kids with stuff as well. They, they're not really selling you the product. That's not what their adverts do. Apple adverts don't sell you. The, they've only recently started selling you the product occasionally. What they actually sell you on is a lifestyle is the type of person you are if you use this product. And Coca-Cola are just amazing at that. You know, what the, you think of their most famous commercials. It's people... I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Yeah. Yeah. And and just so many great commercials that are... God, what, what is it? The, the, the first iPad ad that came out, they barely showed... Well, they showed you the thing, but it's always, look at the pretty girl on the scooter. You'd have a girlfriend like that if you had an iPad. And look at these people playing in the beach at sunset and all this sort of thing. That's how they do it. And so with Coca-Cola, I'm aware that I'm sold a... I, I don't know. I, it, it's not just a lifestyle. It, it's the belief that it is superior. It's just better. And it might not be true. I'm, I'm sure that I'm not making my own decision in that process. No, not at all. Um, I was reading a report and it was in a newspaper. So take it with a grain of salt because I'll be the first to admit the reporters have a lot of trouble with statistics and with taking data that comes out of studies and actually interpreting that correctly. But I was reading a report in a news publication here earlier today. Um, they said the kids who are as young as three years old understand ad messages when they see them on TV and they actually feel socially pressured to buy the things that they see on the TV. Really? Three years old. They were saying that social peer, you know, peer pressure from the TV, because I'm not sure about you, but when I was a little kid, I thought everything on TV was true, and that if they told me to do something on TV, I should probably do it. Yeah. Certainly with regards to buying something. Right. I had no reason to distrust when Coke, when Coke said, we're number one, we're the best. No. Not at all. But as a jaded adult, I look at those commercials and say, number one at what? <laughs> yeah. Coke says they're number one, but they didn't clarify. Does that mean that they're number one at polluting? <laughs> I used to do that with Simply Syndicated. It used to say the number one podcast network over the top page. No one ever asked. It was just in your opinion, though, right? And in what way? Right. It's just meaningless. It was. It was just garbage. I had a big smile on my face when i put that on there <laughs> and no one ever asked no one ever challenged it not once maybe no one saw it it was at the top of everyone's browser whenever they went to the website it must have been seen but it meant nothing sure and I, which is what i would have said had anyone asked like well yeah we're number one at being slightly green colored i'm go. extremely extremely dubious of any statistic that's used in the commercial 
Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we have some rather good rules, uh, which just prove for a good laugh uh, about using statistics when you have to put up things that sort of clarify. So when you get things like, you know, hair products use statistics a lot about how many women agreed with something. Uh, <laughs> lots of things aimed at women seem to use these things. And, and you look at the, the thing at the bottom and it says, we asked 12 women. And eight of them said this was good. So that's a really high percentage of all women. We'll extrapolate it out from the 12 we asked. And you just think, what a piss take. I really do think that everyone who <coughs> attends public school in the U.S. should be required to take a statistics course. Uh, yeah, that would that would make sense. People would be able to figure stuff out. Maybe you should take a course in dealing with bullshit. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I meant by a statistics course, because I think that once you train your brain to think that way, you can kind of cut through everything else. But uh, I, I tell Lisa this all the time because she's a teacher and it really annoys her. But I say things like, I think all kids in order to graduate should take X, Y, and Z. And of course, she comes back with, well, how are you planning to fund that? But I say, that's not the point. Yeah. I think that all kids should be required to take some sort of personal accounting class. Uh, all kids should be required to have at least a 12th grade reading level, which they don't in order to graduate. Uh, I think that all kids should be required to take some sort of class in civics where they have to prove that they understand their local government. This, this is all. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent. Yeah, I think that this would be a wonderful idea over here. But I think that if they were armed with an understanding of statistics and how language is used to manipulate numbers, I think that that would go a long, long way toward arming them to fight a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, my only, uh, the the only thing I would change with that, what I would do in my bullshit lesson, would be to expand it beyond uh, numbers into you know, newspaper articles, television news things, anything. Everything. There's so much that's a lie. I honestly think people should be told, as much as they're taught English and maths, that anything you see on the television is made up. Sometimes it looks like news, and sometimes it looks like the X-Files or whatever, but it's all made up. Treat it like that and you'll, you'll, be, a better, you'll be better off for it. That's how well, I do it's, it. It's, it's not all made up, but it's all spun. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It, it's it's all somebody's version of something. And is, you've just got to be aware of that. Yeah, that's true of any communication, though. And I think that's something that's really important to understand. If you're listening to this show and you're taking everything that Rich and I say as truth, uh, you need a reality check. Because it's just the way that Rich and I see things. And that's, that's not always going to be right. But do get in touch because we have some magic beans we'd like to sell you. Yes, and some swampland in Arizona. Yes. I have a square mile of moon to my name, apparently. So, um, for just 50 bucks, I'll let you name a star. Oh, that was it. I have a star. That's it. Yeah, there's a star named after me. I don't know where. I probably threw all that stuff out a while ago. That was a crap thing at work I won once. <laughs> it was, honestly, it was terrible. It was a sales thing. And, and it was name a star after you. They gave me a list of if you won the, the sales competition, you can pick something off this list. And everything else was a day out doing something, but just for me. So I could I could have gone and done a bungee jump, but no one would have seen me do it. 
and I could have done so many other things, but no one would ever have known or believed that I did them. So it was all a complete waste of time. Why do a bungee jump if no one's going to know you've done it? That's that's what I think. Unless you're the kind of weirdo that enjoys bungee jumping, I suppose. But I named the star after myself. It's all a lie. It's not. You'd think they could do it, but they're not even doing it, are they? No, there's no there's no registry like that. For anyone who actually cares about it, they're all named with serial numbers. That's so sad. I would really like it if there was a Richard Smith star floating around somewhere. Oh, it would probably go like supernova and destroy lots. It'd be a, a mess. It could be. It could go wrong. That actually. Yeah, we'll leave so, it how it is. Back I, back on topic. <laughs> I don't mean to have checked out. Sorry to have been ignoring you here for about the last thirty seconds, but I've been trying desperately to look up while we've been talking to see who does sell more product, Coke or Pepsi. And it looks like Coke is the clear winner. Yeah, it's Coke. That was how I I know this because that's how John Scully got his job as CEO of Apple. See, the last thing that I can find is a 2011 article um, from an investment firm, which I mean, take it if you will. But uh, it says that uh, Coke brands command 41.9% of the total market in 2010 compared to PepsiCo's 29.9%. So that's that's a pretty wide divide right there, 12%. Yeah. And plus, the, the, yeah, you forget there's all the other products. There's, the, there's always an orange pop and a lemon one and whatever they all have well they're talking know. about coke brands meaning all of the orange pop and lemon ones that coke owns as well as pepsi but uh, yeah there are individual sellers independent sellers as well aside from coke and pepsi that own lots of different drinks um do, do, do you get that how coke in the u.s doesn't just own coke products yeah yeah they own like sprite and dr pepper and uh, orange slice and uh, Minute Maid lemonade, I think, uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm running through my head trying to figure out all the ones. Yeah, they're all the ones we have, except yeah. Slice. We don't have that, and Pepsi have their equivalents of all those drinks. Coke might actually be Orange Crush. I can't remember. Right. There was a pretty brilliant thing floating around on G Plus and Facebook last week that showed, I think it was titled something along the lines of um, The Illusion of Choice, and it was showing how really most of the competing brands that you think are owned by competing companies are actually owned by the same companies. Oh, yeah, especially with the fizzy drinks. There's only sort of two or three, and it gets worse in technology as well. There's probably about three people that make televisions. And yet, when you go down to Best Buy, there's more than three brands of television there. But they're all essentially the same product. And various things like that. I'm looking it up. I've almost got it here. It's this Andy Warhol quotes tab that I've got. It's slowing my browser down. See, it's... Close Andy Warhol, then. Yeah, we got to get past Andy Warhol. Although he's kind of like the perfect person to go to on that. He was a good one for you to pull up. See, I'm sometimes intelligent. It does happen. <laughs> uh, and with a quote okay. as well. Yeah. Oh, I know. And you were really close to having the quote exactly as well. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good day. Really. 
I'm going to I'm just going to pick some lottery numbers. Okay, so here we go. Coca-Cola owns Coke, Sprite, Mesomix, Fruitopia, Minute Maid, uh, Five Alive, Nest Tea, Fanta, Barks Root Beer, Mellow Yellow, Monster Drinks, Full Throttle Drinks, Designy Water, Power, whatever that is, Power Aid. Um, PepsiCo owns A&W Root Beer, Mug Root Beer, Mountain Dew, Aquafina, Lipton, Tropicana, Dole, Amp, 7-Up, Sobe, Ocean Spray, Brisk, uh, Miranda, Rockstar Drinks. And you could widen this out to any other real thing that you're going to find in the supermarket. Like it shows um, Johnson & Johnson is a company that owns Oral-B, Crest, Scope, and Fixident, all oral hygiene products. Yeah. Um, they own, in the drugstore aisle, they own Tylenol, Reactine, Motrin, Pepsid, Sudafed, Imodium, Polysportin, Benelin, Benadryl, Rolaids. There's um, lots of holding company action going on with all this branding. Which I assume is done for uh, tax purposes and other things like. Otherwise, why bother? Well, I think so too. But another part of it might be psychological. You um, you create this false dichotomy where you're pitting people um, one brand against the other. You're you're creating two groups of fans, and you're actually reaping the profits from both groups of fans. Yeah, I think that the area where that happens most obviously here is washing powder. Well, I was going to say Believe the area where it happens most obviously here is politics, where Democrats and Republicans are virtually identical. Yeah. Uh, we, we just have, you have sort of like your aisle of washing powder in the supermarket, and there's so many different types of washing powder. That You're all talking about detergent. Detergent for washing clothes. And they're all made by the same people. All of them. If there's two, there might be a supermarket brand which I bet is actually pumped out of the same factory that all the others are pumped out of. Um, but they're all made by a company called Lever Brothers. That's okay, it. so on this chart, we have the same situation. It's uh, P&G owns Dawn, Tide, Bounce, Cascade, Cheer, Gain, Joy, Ivory, Zest, and Downy, all competing brands for the same products. Yeah, because then you can't lose. If someone buys a competing product, it's still yours. You're playing all of the, uh, well, now I'm going to sound ignorant because I can't remember what all the, those things that are called in roulette. <laughs> You're playing all black and all red. Yeah, pretty much. That's what they do. That's what they do. It's good business. I should be every podcast network. Oh, here's Lever. Um, they own Sunlight, Vim, Sun, Via, and Breeze. Not here. No, I don't know any of those brands here, but I bet they'll all be the same stuff. You More just, than. yeah, you just work out what name works better for whichever country's market that you're putting your product out in. Yes, yes, and uh, bringing it back to was it just last week we talked about candy? Yeah, Mars owns Mars, M and M's, Snickers, Milky Way, Maltesers, Dove, Bounty, Twix. Uh, Mars owns Lifesavers, Starburst, Altoids, Skittles. In the chewing gum department, they own a lot of the big contenders. Freedent, Wrigley's, Doublemint, Big Red, Wubba Bubba, or I'm sorry, Hubba Bubba, Orbit, Extra, Juicy Fruit, Excel, Five Gum. And that, yeah, it's, it's a great way of doing business. It really, really is. There's a lot of people wish they could do that, I would imagine. It almost makes it so that it seems like the advertisements are distraction. They're just there to uh, to get you to choose a team. Well, they kind of are. 
They, they kind of are. I, I think it, a lot of it plays on that mentality. I think human beings like being part of a group. We like knowing that there are people like us and that we're all into the same thing. And that, that can vary from person to person and thing to thing. But if you can be, you know, look at look at the Apple versus, my, you know, the OS ten versus Windows arguments. I, I could see actual war breaking out over that if governments <laughs> were involved. You think, what does it matter? What you, if you use if you're sat there on a Windows machine? Why do I care? It has that has absolutely no bearing on it, on me. But well, at the end of the day, I want to be right. Well, this is it. That's what it all comes down to, is that my brand identity is often too close to my actual identity. Well, that's, yeah, that's how it works. It's all tied together. You create this image of of the person you want to be through advertising. That, that's, I I think it, I honestly think that advertising has, it shapes society. It shapes individuals. But, you know, you live a lifestyle based on what products you want to own, what kinds of what kind of life you want to live based on that. You ever read any Kurt Vonnegut novels? Not yet. He's no. on the list. I'm, everybody always says I should read a lot of Kurt Vonnegut. I think that you would really, really love two or three of his books. I mean, once once you get past the two or three iconic ones, I don't care. But I would really like to hear your opinion on Cat's Cradle. It's a great book, but the reason that I bring it up is because in that book he introduces a concept that he calls a grand faloon, which um, in the book he invo- he invents this false religion, uh, fictional religion. They're all false, but uh, oh. he calls it bokonanism, and it's basically just Buddhism with some extra mystical stuff thrown in. But part of it is he has what's called grand faloons, which he says are these just completely artificial groups that people cling to because it gives them a shared identity or a shared purpose, but the groups are completely meaningless. And he, he calls out a whole bunch of stuff like um, the, the, the big iconic one is Hoosiers. You know what a Hoosier is? I've heard the word. Uh, you've seen the movie with Gene Hackman, right? Oh, I've, I've, yeah, I've seen the, the picture of it. I've not seen the yeah. movie. I'm familiar oh, good- with it. A Hoosier is somebody from Indiana. Right. Um, but in Cat's Cradle, you have a guy who's really, really excited to tell everybody that he's a Hoosier. And he wants everyone to know it, and he wants people to become like their adopted Hoosiers. But uh, that, that's how he describes these completely meaningless groups that we just kind of think up out of, out of thin air to identify ourselves. And advertising is definitely one of those. Absolutely. It's a big thing, it re- and it targets kids a lot. It certainly used to. It really did. You, you, you know, you wanted to be one of the kids on the advert. You still want to be one of the people on the advert. Look at beer commercials, for God's sake. Yeah, uh, there's not much of a difference between the kids' advertising techniques and the, the adult advertising techniques, are there? No, there, there's no need to be. And it's all about social pressure and wish fulfillment. Yeah, kids are easier actually because with kids you sort of if if there's a product a kid wants a kid will let you know continuously until you upset them or get them the present whatever it is with an adult it's just you it's all on you they've got to make you want it and that's easier to ignore than a, a child's voice constantly going on 
and crying. Why, when I was a waiter, you'd always ask kids if they want dessert. Oh, am I breaking up really bad? Um, yeah, I hope it's only on your end. Um, or only on my end, rather, that I'm hearing it. I'm just hoping... Well, Alison's only... Oh, I can see she's posting on Facebook. It's gotten better here in the last few seconds. There was a, a good minute and a half where it was pretty bad. Oh, right. It might hopefully have just been a little blip. No worries, though. It, it's been working like a beast, my internet, all day. I've been uploading <laughs> our entire back catalogue of, of podcasts. I Do just, you get uh, shaped after a certain bandwidth cap? No. No, good. No, I just... And if I did, I'd hit it this morning or yesterday morning. I've been uploading constantly. I must. I've got like a hundred and two gigs to upload, and I'm most of the way through it, so it's it's going all right. It's only taken a couple of days, which isn't too bad. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Have I cleared up now? By the way, yeah, much oh, much better. Okay, cool, cool. Right, where where were we? What was, I was banging on about something. You were saying as a waiter, you always ask the kids if they want a dessert. Yeah, for that reason. What what does a kid do? When they're off at ice cream. Well, they're going to say yes, and then they're going to start whining to their parents. Exactly. So you ask the kid. You've then created that situation where it's, it's, you've made the adult the potential bad guy. That's a bastardly thing to do. It is, absolutely. It is. And the looks you would get from parents that would decide to see what you've just done there. Here's however much more money you need for now. Ice cream. Thank you. I think it's my job to get cash out of you. Sorry. My parents were remarkably adept at saying no in those kind of situations. Uh, but there were a lot of times when my brother and I still <coughs> did succeed in wearing them down, especially if it was a product that we'd seen on television that we really wanted. Do you remember the game Crossfire? Yeah. I wanted that game so bad. That's one that my whining didn't work about. But the advertising was remarkably effective because at the end of the day, when I finally played it at my buddy's house, it was just a shitty, shitty game and it didn't really even work very well. Yeah, it wasn't very good. That one, was it? No. I, do, I do remember that one. But it made it look like it was epic when you saw it on TV. That's well, on TV, you can make the game Mousetrap look like it works. You know, you can make it look like you just turn that handle and the whole thing goes and the trap falls on the mouse. <laughs> have you ever witnessed that happening in real life? Because I never have. What there you do was is a mouse trap set that we had for a while and it, it did get to work pretty well. But after probably, I don't know, half a dozen games, it really did start to break down. You just, you turn that, you start to turn the wheel and the plastic bends a little bit and maybe a bit of it snaps off. Maybe it comes out of the board because you've not quite fastened it in properly and it will always make it halfway through and then the little ball will fall off where it's not supposed to. And it, Just one of those things. Just, that is what I've learned as an adult, that if you see something like that, you have to just look at stuff and even if it looks like it's working, you have to be like, I don't necessarily believe that, really. And toys, toys especially. The big one that I always wanted that never got and later learned because it was shit was all the, the array of laser tag toys that came out in the late 80s. Oh, I did enjoy the laser tag. They didn't work very well at home, but they certainly did work awesome at the mall. Right. You see, the problem with them, I, I wanted that so much. There were, there were, I just, I remember that morning. It was like a Saturday morning cartoon sort of time. And this advert came on with kids with these helmets on and the chest plate 
and these really cool looking guns and some of them had red helmets and some of them had green helmets and they were having a huge war and then he told me I could have that and my god did I want that and then suddenly there were loads of them out never I, I actually did go and buy one when I first went to university that of was, course you did. That was part uh, of my just, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm an adult now, and I've decided I'm having laser tag. Mind you, that was when they were now cheap enough and sort of old and crappy enough to come in sets of two. Because as my dad pointed out when I was like nine or whatever, you, it's no good if we get you one, because you've got to shoot at someone. So you've got to hope that all of your friends get one for Christmas, which never happened. There was never one kid needing someone to play with him no one ever got one see that's somewhere else where the advertisers are extremely extremely adept they do find the ways to have you apply the peer pressure for them yeah they do do that they they i I don't know maybe this is just me but i feel i i've never had enough friends like advertising wants me to have that there's never been and I, you know, you think this every time you see sort of four or five people playing on the Wii on adverts and things like that. Just like, when does that happen? I say I play computer games on my own late at night. You know, and and other so lots of childhood games. Bring all your friends over and and play on this. And you think I haven't really got that many friends. Well, even a very, in a very direct way, that's what all the social games want you to do. If you've got Facebook up and you're playing Farmville or Castleville or whatever it happens to be, Sims Online or, or whatnot, you, that's, they want you to have to have, bring in more and more friends because with every person that you bring into the circle, that's more chance for them to make cash. And I always feel playing those like, oh, oh man, I've only got three friends. In order to be good at this game, you've got to have 20 friends. Yeah, it, it's, it's, again, a great way of doing business. It feels slightly creepier now because it's so much more for money. I mean, with toys when we were a kid, it didn't matter to... Once you got the toy, it didn't matter if you ever played with it once, let alone got four people around to play it or whatever. It didn't matter. Right. Whereas but now... with this new model, it's you. they constantly pump you for it. Yeah, more people means more cash. And over a longer period of time, it's not just that initial purchase anymore. In fact, now there isn't even the initial purchase. The incremental pricing is just genius. Absolutely. You, you see your microtransactions on things like uh, World of Warcraft or um, do you know Diablo 3 has a real world auction now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm never going to spend any money on those, but I, I do know people who are dropping two, three hundred bucks to buy shit that doesn't exist. Wow. See, I must admit, I used to I used to mock people who bought if you, what's your Xbox experience? Are you familiar with the, the sort of dashboard? Well, I've I've never owned an Xbox, but I do have a Wii, and yeah, the the virtual console has sucked down about sixty or eighty bucks from me. Oh, it's it's not the virtual console. I don't have a problem with because although you don't have a console, you're getting a game that you can play, and that's that's fine. That's as all right as it was as the day that game came out. What I'm getting on about is on the Xbox, we have the avatar system, much like there is on the Wii. But they've made it vastly more complicated, and you, there's a big market in dressing your avatar. And there's a store for this. There's so many different sections of this store, it's ridiculous. There's game tie-ins, movie tie-ins, 
uh, all, there's even clothing brands on there. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that you're paying money, real money, actual real-world money to play with a virtual doll? Yeah. Cause, and and I, I made fun of this. Just like I had the same reaction to it that you're having right now. Because you're paying real money that you actually worked for or acquired by other means on a, on a thing that doesn't exist. It's it's fluff. It's nothing. It's 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 not even air. It's it's bits, and you're spending money on it. But like I I understand what you're talking about because I, I, like I was just saying, I paid sixty bucks for Diablo two, and while I like to say that I paid for the game, a lot of it is getting the next piece of armor. Yeah, so I understand that from a, a a gameplay perspective, but you're not getting any kind of gameplay advantage out of no. your purchase. No, it does nothing. It merely changes a picture on the screen of your Xbox. That's what it does. But I'm going to bring mine up on, on my webpage. Hang on. I'll see what it's dressed like right now. You know, as much as I made fun of it, they eventually, through the magic of marketing, hit me with something that I would spend money on. And I did. And then once I'd broken through that psychological barrier... It was easier for me to do it again. So I did it again. This is the brilliant thing, though, about capitalism. Because there have been lots of different reasons why economists have previously said that capitalism should fail. Uh, but once you start in your... We, we had one section of the economy that moved to fiat money. But now we have another section of the economy that's moved to fiat goods. The, the stuff that we're buying doesn't exist. So yeah. it's like there's this this bottomless bucket that you can pour money into, get nothing out of it, but people are still willing to pour the money into it. Mm. it it's bizarre. Am I still coming through? I think my computer's having issues. There was a, a hiccup about two minutes ago, but it, it passed. You're fine. Okay. So I'm just on Avatar Editor now, or I'm about to be. So here's what I've, I've genuinely paid money for, and I'm ashamed to say this to you, but it's happened because of marketing. And hitting me enough with it. My Xbox avatar. When you leave it on the screen long enough. Will start to go. Into a Spider-Man style. Web shooting. Wall crawling. Animation. Because I bought that. Otherwise it would just stand still. But if you leave it long enough. It will start climbing up a wall that appears. Like Spider-Man. And that was like a, a Spider-Man tie-in. So you could get Spider-Man stuff. You could buy a Spider-Man outfit for your avatar. How often do you just leave your machine up running nothing just long enough for it to start doing that? Oh, here's the thing. It doesn't necessarily do it very often on my computer, but it does it on everybody else's Xbox. Ah, okay. I need, It started playing... Ah, oh, there's a mute button. That's good. So I'm looking at it now. It's actually doing it. It's quite good. It's spinning and flying and jumping like Spider-Man. He's got the little web thrower things on there. And, and he's going at it. Let's see. I didn't know you could do any of this online. It's lucky that it works. Um, so I also have other equally ridiculous things. Like I have a Hulk Hogan outfit. And it's the fact that... Am I still on? You are. Okay, yeah. sorry. My, I was just speechless there my, for a moment. My, my browser's freezing, coincidentally, at the same time, because I've tried to obviously get it to do too much. Um, yeah, because 
eventually they'll go, oh, why don't you get a Hulk Hogan outfit? And you look at it and there's you dressed as Hulk Hogan and it makes you giggle. And you think, oh, I'll get that. And, and where Microsoft do it is, it's not money, it's points. You buy money, you, you buy points with money and then spend those points on things. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, they know that though. And they know that I actually, what, what, where it really gets clever is the fact that you buy more points than you're actually going to use. They price things like that. So maybe five pounds worth of points gets you a thousand points, but a game is 800 points. Something like that. So I, I, I've actually, if I was going to spend real money, I'd just get 800 points and buy the item I wanted. But they've got like another two quid out of me, maybe, because of that. So I have a Portal 2 baseball cap I can put on my man. I have a baseball cap with Yoda ears. And again, paid money. I'm thoroughly ashamed. Hulk Hogan Hulkamania outfit. That, I'm just too cheap to go away for yeah. any of this. This has got that's got the little bandana, he's got the shirt he tears and the pants and the boots and everything. Uh what else? I've got a, a night vision goggles helmet from Call of Duty. I've got Various Christmas outfits, like a Santa outfit, uh, one where he, the, the little man gets a present and opens a present in the animation instead of being Spider-Man. Um, all sorts of crap. None of it's real. None of it's real. None of it exists. I can't put my hands on any of it. Which Teal in the chat room, and we should mention that lots of cool people like to hang out with us on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the chat room at simplysyndicated.com. But Teal says, how does this differ from buying games from Steam? Which I would say, when you buy a game from Steam, you have the utility of playing the game. That's It is something that does something. It, it's still not, it doesn't physically exist still. No, you're right. It's entirely virtual. But at the same time, it, it has some sort of utility. You're using it for something. You're using it for entertainment. But merely having a shirt that goes on an avatar and paying money for that, that's, there's no real utility for that. I bet kids love this shit. I bet they absolutely love it. Would you say that there's social utility to it? Do you, do you get some sort of props? No, because you've or, you've not you done anything. I, 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 first of all, you're absolutely right in what you're saying. If you buy a game from Steam, we're not saying that the problem is that these items are virtual, because there's a lot of merit to virtual items, like games, like books, like movies, like whatever. It, but it, it is the utility. It's the fact that that avatar does nothing. It merely is a picture on a screen. It it doesn't do any. It has no functionality like a, a useful application. It's not like Logic Pro that's recording this podcast. It just is a picture. You're just paying to change some pixels. Yeah, and that's awful. But we do it. And if I'm doing it, then there's a lot of people doing it. You know, if if they broke me down to that point, and I really did, you could probably go back through old episodes of various podcasts and find me slagging this stuff off and making fun of people. And yeah, it just took the Hulkamania outfit and I was done. 400 points, there you go. I guess along the same lines here, since we're talking about regrets, are there products that you have an insane loyalty to because of advertising that as an adult you look and say, you know what? I I shouldn't like this thing. The only reason I like it is because I've been told to for so long. Hmm. That's a that's an interesting one. 
someone online earlier today that I know was talking about Twinkies. They, they posted on Facebook how they'd never had a Twinkie, but they finally tried one. And because they'd never had one, they were like, what is this shit that I'm sticking in their mouth? But if I had a Twinkie, I would be very forgiving of it because, you know, Twinkies and me, they go back a long way. I don't know. Anything that... There are certain brands that I'm aware that I have a rather fierce loyalty to. I mean, like Apple, for example. Just, I, I still feel ridiculous that I ever considered, considered a Samsung laptop. I, I just did. That That was just ridiculous. But stuff that I've had since I was a kid, it, 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 it no, not that I can think of. Um, my, my, my weak point, as you well know, is food. And probably once a week at about 11 o'clock, I will look at Lisa or Lisa will look at me and one of us will say, man, a cheeseburger sounds really great right now. And we'll really have to fight ourselves not to go out and buy a stupid McDonald's cheeseburger, even though they are absolute shit. They're bad for you. They don't taste very good. They're just limp, nasty, processed packages of crap. It's food flavor product. That's but what... there it is. I mean, we've been told yeah. all of our lives they make your meal happy. Yeah, we have. We we we. That's perhaps the food ones are the the best examples. I think because we do have the McDonald's one. We were aware we're eating crap. We we know we are, but we don't care. Arguably, that in itself makes it good. You know what what constitutes good food. Does it necessarily have to be made from brilliant ingredients, or just does it just have to make you happy when you eat it? KFC as well. It's not nice. Their chips are awful. They they KFC here have the worst chips or fries of any fast food outlet. <laughs> Thank you for uh, throwing me the the fries caveat. <laughs> yeah, by a long way. They're the smallest portions. They're always cold. And the quality of the, the fries is just awful. By far the worst. But we eat them. I, I, you know, and I get that idea of I want to eat a bucket. And I, I start. I have an alarming amount of food when we go there. I even get food to eat in the car on the way home. Before I eat my meal. I will get through a regular sized popcorn chicken. It's just not right. That can't be right. And I know it's shit. And I've always known it's shit, but I've always loved KFC especially. I think it might be my favorite fast food place. I think you're largely alone in this room as far as that goes. My God, the last time I had KFC, I just wanted to puke for an hour after. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's really horrible food. It really is. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone eat it. I, I wouldn't, if someone was hungry, I wouldn't go, yeah, try the KFC. It's, it's wonderful. Because it's not. It's crap. But they made me want it. Damn Colonel. Although he's gone now, I think. They oh, for a long, long time. That's why they're KFC. Kids born now don't know what Kentucky Fried Chicken is. They changed their name back, I think it was in the 90s, to avoid any kind of uh, association with the word fried. Right. Which is ridiculous when they go and turn around and release the... Um, uh, did you see the... <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the chicken snacker thing that they had last year was it that might the, still be on the menu was i don't know that the thing that was like a chicken burger made with burgers or something stupid like that right it was like instead of having a sandwich bread they used chicken and in the middle it was like bacon and stuff 
It was just basically a big glob of grease and salt. Yeah, but I'd have eaten one. If that, if that had been here, I'd have eaten one. Really? I love shit like that. Special editions of stuff. That's another one. That's how they get everybody. Special editions of regular products. Right now here, it's the Taco Bell, um, what is it called? Dorito, Doritos Locos Taco, where it's the taco shell is made out of Doritos. Right, that's a good one. We don't have Which, Taco Bell here. No, really? Also owned by Pepsi, you know. Right, right, along with KFC. Yeah, and Pizza Hut. But And Frito-Lay. Yeah, we don't have them either. <laughs> uh, but... What was the, yeah, the one I mentioned, the Pizza Hut hot dog stuffed crust. You're eating that thinking, this is wrong. That's crazy. That's too much food, but I won't stop eating it. It's, and it's exact, it's not, I I heard about it, just like, just heard the words, hot dog stuffed crust, and assumed it might be slices of hot dog in the cheese or something like that. No, no, no. It was like 12 hot dogs all the way around. I don't think that that made that over here. So you kind of just think, if if someone offered me the pizza and then a plate with 12 hot dog sausages on, you'd quite happily say, no thanks, I don't want the sausages, the pizza will do. But when they put the sausages in the pizza, then that's fine. That's okay. Did you think that this tasted good? It did taste good, though. Oh, no. What's it? It was a hot dog sausage in pizza dough. What's to not taste good? I don't know, it just seems like the two shouldn't go together. You wouldn't get it all the time. It it works as a special edition thing. They'll have it for a month. It'll go. We'll never see it again. That's that's okay. But it was it was nice. We need to talk sometime, and and not now because it's. I mean, we've been talking for a long time as it is. But we need to talk sometime about what hot dogs are because I have a sneaking suspicion that your your version of a hot dog is slightly different than the quintessential ballpark Frank that we would have here. We have many different kinds. Yeah. Many, many different kinds. Sausages are a particular favorite of mine in their yeah. wide-ranging varieties. I just love sausages. I'm going to die of a heart attack one day. Honestly. I keep on telling Lisa that my goal is to succumb to heart disease by the time I'm 50. It's a good goal. You've got to have these aims in life. It keeps you getting up in the morning. Well, I don't want to get old. That's the thing. When I start to have problems with incontinence, that's when I just want to eat myself into an early grave. I'd have had to kill myself already. <laughs> a little bit of a sphincter issue? Only on occasion. Okay. And sometimes the other way as well. I'll explain that one off air. Alzheimer's. I don't want to go by Alzheimer's. I think I've earned the right to sit around and talk weird for a couple of years. I've been uh, doing it for the last few years. It's not the talking weird that bothers me. It's the not understanding why I'm doing it or what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's pleasant. Plus, I, I don't have kids to, to look after me. I'd be, I'd be a burden on the state. I, I, uh, I joke about it, but I really do worry about it because there's a family history of that for me here. Uh, both my great-grandparents died right. of Alzheimer's-related stuff, and watching them go was terrible. So I I mean, given the choice to either go that way and waste away in a bed not knowing who I am or having control over my bodily functions, or eating so much pizza that I literally explode my insides, I would choose the pizza every time. If I had to choose, and I could choose anything, this is such a bizarre angle for this show, by the way. 
But if I could choose, large explosion, of which I'm at the center of. <laughs> There's a sentence I'll bet you never thought you'd hear yourself say. Yeah, that's that's what if I if I could pick something, not like a plane crash or something. Obviously, something rather quick, but I think a large explosion. Ideally, it would be caused by a bomb that I am currently attempting to defuse, and I cut the wrong wire. Boom, that would be it. That's if I could choose. That 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 would be it. Or of course, as I've said before, killed by my own control panel exploding. Although these the Apple only... keyboards are pretty good for not doing that. Oh, I just got a brand new one at work, but that's another story. Uh, the only way that I can think to bring the bomb thing back around to commercials and advertisement would be to throw in Acme and somehow tie it up with Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> but. Uh... Because we are so far away from the topic, do we have more to say about being brainwashed by ads? I have, well, I've actually been thinking about this one all week. And the way I think I can most prove how much I've been brainwashed by ads as a child is by reminiscing over which adverts I can still remember. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure that that's accurate, though, because a lot of the advertisements that I remember from when I was little have to do with artistic merit. The 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 old 1984 one from the Super Bowl. Do you know this ad? Yeah. That that's a very famous mind. ad. Right, but I don't remember what it's for. Really? No. It's for the Mac. Was it really? It's Damn. Apple will show you why 1984 won't be like 1984. I stepped right into that one. Yeah. Directed by Ridley Scott. First <laughs> big Super Bowl commercial. Its, yeah. It's artistic merits, right? It's yeah. Ridley Scott. You yeah. don't remember it because of the Mac. You remember it because it's fucking Ridley Scott. He made Aliens. Yeah. Or Alien, sorry. It's It was a huge thing. It really was. It's, uh, yeah. That's, that, mind you, I'm, I'm going to know about stuff like that, I suppose. It's just the, the toy commercials... The Transformers stuff sticks in my mind so much. By the way, did you read my blog post about that last week? About the Transformers? Yeah. No, I missed this one. I have to bring it up. Because actually this is the correct place to, to have this conversation. You know I've been re-watching them on Netflix after you pointed out they were on. Yeah, it's a dangerous and slippery slope to get into with Netflix. Because uh, both Transformers and G.I. Joe are on there. And if you're a fan of Jem, that's on there. And He-Man, all these original 80s cartoons. Yeah. well, the and thing really bad. I mean, they're not good. No, this is the thing. I've come to learn just how goddamn awful Transformers actually is. And it's actually so bad. It's, I have remembered that as a child, I had the same issues with it that I have today. It, it's not a case of... And I had, like, one comment on the blog. And I tried to fight this it was clearly someone who hadn't read what i'd written that it was you're remembering it you know you're looking at it as an adult now and you're not remembering how you felt as a child now i'm with this i'm specifically remembering how i felt as a child my and, biggest problem as a kid was conservation of mass and i had no idea what that meant back then i wouldn't have been able to, to apply that term to it but i always wanted to know why megatron was like really super huge in some scenes and really super small in other scenes i was like where where did he go that's one of my problems. I'll go through the list quickly. Number one, how come the Autobots can sometimes fly but other times not? Yeah, 
Yeah, that was a big problem because the Decepticons, by and large, were jet fighters, and the Autobots were supposed to be mainly wheeled vehicles. But there were times when the Autobots would chase after the Decepticons, and the Decepticons would get away because they could fly. And, the, and but, then at two episodes later, you'd see Optimus Prime not transform into a truck. He'd just, like, fly away in a robot form. Yeah, that, so that came and went. That, as a child, used to annoy the hell out of me. And, you know, point number two, if they can fly, why do they ever drive anywhere, ever? Because flying's always quicker. Um, well, sometimes they do have to try to fit in. There is that aspect of it. I right, the, the camouflage yeah. in plain sight kind of thing. Number three, the Decepticons can fly, even the one that transforms into a gun. But what's the point of being a flying robot that can transform into a jet plane? They can already fly. Why? Why trans? There's nothing to be gained by being a plane. I know. In fact, at one point, we see Megatron just flying through space as Megatron. Like, what? What the fuck? Why be a plane? The way I figure it, it actually puts some of the flying, like the the jet plane or laser beak, the, these things that have flying forms, it puts them at a disadvantage. Because yeah. if you're a gun and a robot and you can fly without having to transform into something that can fly, you're a triple threat. Exactly. It, it makes no sense. And speaking of shooting things, why can't any of them shoot anything? They, or they just miss so oh, that's much. that's just... You know, that's not specific to the Transformers, though. My my other problem with that is also that when they do, sh- there's not a single casualty ever. No, when people that's... get shot, and I understand that that's because it's a kids show, but no one that the you think of what this actually means. Their their weapons don't ever harm each other. They untrue. <laughs> Watch the 1986 Transformers movie. I need to. I'll keep going with it. So maybe I have seen Transformers. I've got it on DVD actually. And they, the yeah. the movie fits in between seasons two and seasons three of the show. So if you're going to make that bridge, I would suggest slipping the, the movie in there. Right, I'll do it at that point. They kill off a shit ton of characters. Right. Oh yeah, they do at the beginning, don't they? Including Optimus Prime. Well, they need a new range of toys. Yeah, that's exactly what it was as well. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they've been going, you know, they've been having this war. For millions of years, there's like 12 Transformers in the whole universe, whatever. There's so few of them, they all know each other by their first name. You can't imagine the same thing happening in World War II. You know, that it's, it's ridiculous. They just, this war's gone on forever. And why doesn't Megatron just kill Starscream? Just, he, he does. I, no, but it takes... Wouldn't you do it episode one? <laughs> as, I've, as I wrote, if you're in the armed forces, if you're in the army or the marines or something, suddenly declare one day that you think your commanding officer is unfit and everybody should follow you and see how far you get. That was a well-worn 80s trope, though. G.I. Joe had the same exact problem. Cobra Commander and Destro were always at loggerheads, but... You know, Cobra Commander kept Destro around for the same reason that Megatron kept Starscream around for so long. They're useful. Right. They're dangerous tools when used correctly. They're dangerous enemies when used incorrectly. The Autobots have a big computer that they use with a keyboard. What's the, you know, what, why? That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and as, as I've pointed out again, uh, before Transformers, we had R2-D2 with these little sticky-in 
thing that could talk to wouldn't that make much more sense if the the transformers just like stuck their finger in a hole in the computer or something but basically got, a usb port right? yeah but no they've got a big keyboard and it's what does this computer do that they can't they're fucking robots what what's the deal and essentially it's just doing like the internet and stuff right you know and and granted a lot of this is it was done in the mid 80s and there was no internet and that sort of thing and the idea and it's it's all just plot induced convenience too. So you, you can't hold them to it. It's, it's the same problems that you could really pick apart star Wars or Indiana Jones for, if you really, really wanted to. Yeah. There, there were just two other things that I've seen in particular shows that really made me angry. And again, I, I remember this as a child, this, this frustration with it. Number one, when they, the episode where they build the dino bots, Right? They just make some more Autobots. Because they decide to one day. And you think, why didn't you make like a thousand of them? Why did you just right. make three? And later again... Well, because, because the like, world's supply of Energon is limited. And they have to eat the Energon. And, and it's a limited resource. Okay. They don't have enough to fuel the entire, the entire but, army. As a matter of fact, it's so bad as it is that most of Megatron's schemes revolve around getting more energon so all, they can all of power them up so enough far. to defeat right yeah all all of them so far and and but it's the way they do it it's kind of like well we were gonna build some autobots but we didn't have a we couldn't think of anything we couldn't think and then you went dinosaurs that's it dinosaurs <laughs> make some dinosaurs and then once they've made those you think, well, why don't you make some more can't well, they do. we've used up all the dinosaur designs now we you know because we'll the wait. first the first three that they build are, let's see. Um, You've got Grimlock. Grimlock and the the Diplodocus one, the Diplodocus right. one. I'm trying to remember their names, and I'm yeah. Anyway, in the first the batch, they don't they don't build Swoop. Swoop comes along like uh, a season later. No, it's only a couple of episodes. I've just seen that. Oh, one. is it really? Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's quite quick after, and there's another one that the Triceratops one comes with it. With that one, because they they find some more bones and they're like, oh, more dinosaurs! Great, make these. Why didn't you just make two T Rexes then? Yeah. What was the, this? Makes no sense. It makes no sense, and it's clearly all because it's a giant toy commercial. That's entirely what the whole thing is. And occasionally, you'll have new, just new ones that are just there, and no one—they're not introduced. They don't—they were never there before. But now the, there's one that turns into a camera. <laughs> one of the funniest ones is. Oh, hey, by the way, we forgot that there have been giant robot insects hiding out in a swamp in India for millions of years. Yeah. Here come the Insecticons. It's, it's all just ridiculous. This just made me so angry. And the, the, the ones like so Rumble and Ravage and, and Laserbeak that live in Soundwave, are they conscious all the time? Or just when they come out of Soundwave? Do they are they can they talk to each other within Soundwave and if they do that does do we hear that outside if they don't keep it down? I prefer to think that they're like baby kangaroos just hanging out in Mama's pouch. Right, and and sometimes and and yeah, they've just introduced a new one of those in like episode nine that's never been there before. It's like, well, like which one? There's Rumble, there's Laserbeak, there's Prowl. It looks what? like Rumble, but it's not Rumble. Oh, huh. I'll I'll look it up and. I'll let you know, but that's what they did. And and the ultimate thing with it is one EMP would have killed all of them instantly. What did we need the Autobots help for? Just saying. 
if the Decepticons ever came, we could deal with them quicker than any other invading alien in fiction. We have an official list of the Dinobots in the chat room, by the way. All right, cool. <laughs> Grimlock, Slag, Sludge, Snarl, and Swoop. They really went to town on those names, didn't they? They sure did. That was the last thing on a Friday one. One guy, five minutes, if that. Whole product line. Dinosaur shape. Brilliant. So that's my views on Transformers. So now I have nothing else to say. That's too bad, because I feel like we should have a Transformers show. We should. It will include a lot of what I've just ranted about. But and we... it really gets off the wall when you start in with the Quintessons. Now that it, I... gets it, it gets into the backstory of where did the Autobots come from? Where did the Decepticons come from? Wow. And it answers a lot of these questions that you're actually talking about, like the... You know, why they've been around for a million uh, years and why getting Cybertron is such a big deal and all that. All right. One last thing. Skyfire. Skyfire. Right? So. We were scientists together. We crash landed on Earth. I looked for him for days and couldn't find him. Yeah. Yeah. He was Starscream's buddy. And at the end of that episode, he ends up frozen in the ice. Okay. And then they don't have to draw him for the next couple of weeks. Like three episodes later, the Autobots are in a situation where one of them's like, it'd be sure handy to have Skyfire here. And, and they just bring like, him in. Well, yeah, let's dig him out of the ice. So they go and dig him out of the ice. And he's like, oh, it's nice to see you. And you'd just be like, wouldn't you be like, you knew I was frozen in this ice and you just fucking left me till I was useful to you. You absolute bunch of bastards. <laughs> I'm not helping you now. You left me buried in the ice. What if I end up buried in the ice again? You're gonna leave me till you need me again. God, you wouldn't. You wouldn't put up with that. Skyfire is just like, oh, thanks for letting me out. Weeks after you knew I was sealed in here. Cheers, guys. Oh, you'd fall out with the Autobots. I'd be a Decepticon after a while. We should. Uh, we we should set a goal for a week to talk. Some sometime in the far flung future about the Transformers because it's going to take me a while to go through those. Okay, there's a there's a lot of gaps in my Transformers memory. Me me too. That's why I'm that's why I'm redoing them. Intermix with the last few King of the Hills and The Office and everything. I really I'm just watching so much Netflix. God. I know it's addictive. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Had a weekend of religious documentaries. That was fun. Did you watch Bill Maher's Religulous? Yes, I think that was number three. Yeah. We made a list somewhere, but they were all good. You'd like you'd have liked them all. Meaning they were all on our side. I've watched many of them. They they actually tend not to be very good at all. Some of the, the there's the occasional poor one. But I I enjoyed all the ones we saw. Huh. I thought they were all pretty good. Um anyway, we should end this show, I suppose. We haven't talked about advertising for quite some time. So, yeah, that's usually the signal that it's time to draw it to a close. Yeah, we've got a lot done and it all seemed relevant, though. So except the how I would like to die bit. I don't know. I I actually thought that that was rather fun. Well, yeah, it had its merits. Just (laughs) just not really advertising based. No one brought up death by snoo snoo, which is really, if you get down to it, how I would prefer to go. (laughs) I've just found that list of movies. I'm going to say this before we go. So far, we've seen the for the Bible tells me so. Religious, the God who wasn't there, flock of dodos, and selling God, and then one nation under God. 
and then Allison watched Jesus Camp. I've seen about half of those. Yeah, so maybe I'll have to go through the list. The thing is, I really have to be in a contentious mood to sit down and watch those. And these days with the kid around and needing all kinds of attention, the contentious mood doesn't come so often anymore. It's usually the, oh God, let me rot my brain on something until I fall asleep mood. Yeah, I, I know that one. I, mean, I know that one a lot. Okay, if you want to email us, remastered at simplysyndicated.com. If you want to go on the forum, that's also at simplysyndicated.com slash forums. You can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and please retweet us. It helps us out so much. We really want to grow this audience because I think we, I still believe we can make a crap ton of money podcasting, but we need more people to listen to us. So please give us a retweet and link to us on Facebook and do all that sort of thing. It helps us out so much. Uh, if you're feeling a little more flush than that, we do have a big orange donate button on the front page of the website, and we are desperately in need of some people to help us out, keep things going uh, on the website and producing more podcasts. We might... Yeah, the key there is that we haven't found the way to make a crap ton of money podcasting. So right now it really is kind of like subsistence agriculture. Exactly. Please, We're, we're just farming you for whatever we can to stay afloat. That's it. And we do, we do our best for you. We might have movies you should see back very soon is all I'm saying. I think you might have slipped up and said something on Facebook about it. No, I, I did specifically say something on Facebook, but I think we'll be back very soon. In fact, what did I say? We're all live still, and uh, there'll be a movie you should see soon. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was that was pretty, yeah. Some I've summed it up great there. Um, so yeah, today I actually made took active steps towards creating a new movies you should see. So well, that's good to hear. Yeah, there's even been rumblings of more make it so. You know that's kind of sad, and not not the make it so part, the the movies you should see part. Because just this month, Atomic Trivia wore 9,000 beat movies you should see for the first time ever. Really? Yeah, it only took you having been on hiatus for seven months. Right. Well, but by God, we did it. We're coming back now. <laughs> well, that's just more competition, I guess. We're coming back, and uh, yeah, with a vengeance. The movies you should see surely is a juggernaut. Yeah. That's, it's always been the big one. I'm going to let a little more slip. We're talking about one show every two weeks rather than a weekly thing. And rather than it being exactly the same people on every show, there'd be a sort of rotating uh, hosting thing going on. So you yourself may find yourself invited to come on movies you should see. Well, that would be terrific. I was also going to see if you wanted to do another uh, crossover special with some movie trivia. Yeah, I will. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, we had fun last time. Yeah, certainly did. And uh, I've even been in communication with a previous, uh, an, uh, an older host of movies you should see and and spoken to that person about perhaps coming on a couple of shows as well. So honestly, big things planned now. You just, wow. Okay, forget it. Yeah, I know. We'll talk after I this. I know. It's, and I'm, it's, it's all true. So look out for that. Yeah. Okay, everybody. I think that's everything for Remastered for now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on a podcast and hopefully in the chat room. So it's well, it's 7 p.m. Eastern time, which is uh, midnight British summertime. Right. I really need to apologize because I think a couple of weeks ago I gave false information. I, I was really sleepy and confused and I, I gave the wrong hour. It is 7 p.m. Eastern daylight time. 
Right. That's uh, that's that's midnight your time. Cool. Okay. Thank you for listening, everybody. See you next week. Adios.